Welcome to Women That Wait, shedding light to the struggles Christian women have in finding godly counterparts. My name is Tavia and I'm your host for today. This is episode two, A Woman in Waiting. So what I'd like to do before we get to our woman in waiting, I'd like to just review the premise of the show. The premise of the show is highlighting the growing amount of single women in church and the imbalance of single men to single women in church. Also, um, something I've noticed is that this seems to be something of an epidemic because the church hasn't seen this in such large numbers. Just giving an example of a woman that I saw making a Facebook post saying that she has been waiting for her godly counterpart for 45 years. This is something, if you looked at the demographic of the church maybe 20, 30 years ago, wasn't as common. But now this is something that is very common in our church society for today. And because of this epidemic, there is a possibility that the church may be childless because there's so many women and they're single and they're not finding Christian husbands to marry. So this is something that we might be seeing in the next 10 20 or 30 years in the church. Just want to remind everyone, this show is not to bash anyone, but this show is to give a voice for us to be able to learn and just to open up the dialogue for Christian women and people in the Christian, in the church and society, especially Christian women, because many of us feel really lonely. We feel forgotten. We feel rejected by the church, by society, and just by everyone. So just another review from episode one, we discuss how did this all come about? Like, how do we have so many Christian women who are single? So we just want to review second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14. I'm reading the NIV version. Do not be yoked together, unequally yoked with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What happens in the church is that um, leaders will take this verse and apply it to the idea of dating just to advise Christian singles to date and marry only Christians. So this is kind of where the premise of Christian, non-Christian dating is not very advisable. And initially, in the end, a person who is identifying as a Christian should only date and essentially marry someone as a Christian. So what happens when there's an imbalance? An example is that a church I know has three Christian men to 20 Christian women. So that kind of gives you an idea of where this epidemic and where this problem happens. So we hope through this podcast to discover why the ratio of single men to single women is so vast. Um, If you follow our IG page or Instagram, Women That Wait, we have a link in the bio for a survey. We would like to hear from Christian women single Christian women. And when we say single, we mean either you are single, you never marry or single because maybe you are divorced or maybe you are unfortunately widowed. So if you fit that category, I'd like to encourage you to go to our Instagram page and click on the link in the bio for the survey. We'd like to hear from you, Christian women. We really would like to know what the dynamic is. I don't want everyone just to rely on what I'm saying or what our guests are saying, but more importantly, let's hear from you ourselves. So what we're going to do now is we are going to talk to our woman who is currently waiting. I'd like to introduce my guest, Sarah. I'm going to ask her just to share something about herself and if she wants, possibly just her journey in waiting. So 
um, here, Sarah, and thank you for coming today. Thank you so much for having me, Tavia. Um, like Tavia said, my name is Sarah, and I'm in my late 30s. I'm a teacher. I've been um, in the teacher career for about um, almost 15 years. Uh, I am a gym rat. I love to be outside. I'm your typical little, well, old lady. <laughs> Not old. <laughs> Not old yet. But um, yeah, I have been in the waiting stage for quite a while now. And um, yeah, there's lots of feels that come with that for sure. Okay, so let's get right into it. So the first question I have for you, um, give me one word to describe your waiting journey. So there's so many words that I could describe my waiting journey as, but the first word that came to mind was long. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> oh, that's actually an interesting word. I think that wouldn't have been the one that came to my mind, but I think that's actually the most applicable word to this journey. Again, I think people who are not familiar with this um, epidemic don't realize how long Christian women are actually waiting. Okay, I'm going to go into another question. Who or what has helped you in your long waiting journey? So there's um, definitely, I think, the textbook answer, but it's true. Uh, definitely God has helped me through this journey. Um, there's a lot of times when I feel um, I look to um, my relationship status as my security and I get down about that and I have to just um, be reminded by God that that's not where I find security. I find security in him. And um, so definitely first and foremost, God. But also I have um, been blessed to have a, a few really amazing friends in my life that have um, been on both sides. Mm. They've been single and now they're married and they have been huge encouragement to me because they've been super open and honest about both journeys that they've been on. Um, they love their singlehood and they love being married and they remind me that there's highs and lows to both. And so I just need to enjoy the journey. And the moment that I'm placed in, I just need to stop and enjoy those moments because there's going to be highs um, in marriage and there's going to be lows and there's definitely highs in being single and there's definitely lows. So I just need to be um, reminded of that. And they've done a great job about coming alongside me and reminding me of that. Okay. I definitely echo what you're saying about the friends on both sides, um, single friends and married friends, because you know, you get pulls perspectives and I think that is so beneficial mm -hmm. for where we are in this point in our journey. Mm -hmm. So I want to go to another question that may be a little tougher, but um, what is the most hurtful thing someone has said to you in reference to your waiting journey? If there has been anything hurtful that's been said to you? I really couldn't think of a specific um, word or comment that um, was said specifically to me. But I think to me, uh, it's just the implications that people are like, oh, why are you still single? Are you, why are you, are you must be so picky or, you know, they just don't understand um, the difficulties of it. Um, and so I think it's just maybe more the implications than a specific word. So Sarah, you actually just hit um, one of the five misconceptions about Christian women that have been expressed by Christian men. Um, when you're saying that um, Christian men think that we're picky. Mm -hmm. So I think that's interesting that you said that. We talked about that in episode one. And if there are other Christian women out there who have heard this as well, please just, you know, send us a note, comment, 
if there are Christian men out there who disagree with that, again, mm-hmm. just let us know. Um, but that's another theme that came up in episode one. So I think that's interesting that you said that as well. I'm really glad that you haven't really experienced her in a way that it was clear because mm-hmm. that means that you're definitely surrounded by loving people. And again, this journey is tough. So that's something that can really be appreciated. So I'm really, I'm really happy to hear your answer. Or I could just be oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> I am blonde. <laughs> oh, you said it. <laughs> she's blonde and she's beautiful. I just want to let everybody know. Oh, okay. You. Yes. So another tough question, depending on your answer, just going straight for the jugular. Have you ever dated a non-Christian? Um, so not intentionally. I'm one of those people that think that you can hang out with guys and and be okay and not have um, expectations or whatnot, but um, that can sometimes go in a different way. And so I think there has been some times when I've hung out with someone that's uh, not a Christian and just been on one-on-one, you know, outings, like out to eat and whatnot. And um, I've had to have the talk after a few of those to be, you know, to be just up front and be honest like this is just a friendship and you know unfortunately this wouldn't go anywhere because I definitely want to find someone that's of like faith okay so just to clarify this non-christian gentleman was looking for more than friendship from you yes I I think (laughs) yeah yeah once we had the talk he's like what no (laughs) um but yeah people are yeah you can kind of get the signs you know from their just their actions and yeah 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 I don't know if you'll agree with this um, with me Sarah but I think that's one of the toughest situations for Christian women and I think those who are not Christian or those who are not privy to this idea I don't think they understand how difficult that situation mm-hmm. can be whether you have feelings for the gentleman or not mm-hmm. um, I know there's been situations I could speak for myself where you know, I did have those feelings for a non-Christian gentleman, you know, looking at him as a potential boyfriend, that gentleman looking at me as a potential girlfriend and understanding what the word says as I read Second Corinthians and having to make that tough decision to not go further. So, and I think as with your situation, Sarah, what you're saying is that you had to let this gentleman down and that's hurtful, especially if he's looking at you as a Christian. And he's seeing all the wonderful things. He's probably seeing God through you. And you having to deliver bad news is probably not the greatest reflection of God, if you could say. But at the same time, it is a clear reflection of God because you're following his word. So I just think that a lot of people don't really understand unless they've gone through it themselves, what that difficulty can be. Let's go to another question. Do you see a difference with Christian dating and other communities and ethnicities. So I just want to clarify this a little. Where I got this question from, there was actually a book that came out a couple of years ago, and it's called Is Married for White People? So just to be clear, you did mention that you're blonde, so it's not a secret that you are white. (laughs) But for myself as a black woman, there are ideas in the black community that um, it's tougher for us to find counterparts just generally men to marry and then even tougher finding christian men to marry so this book is marriages for white people 
the statistics say in this book that the reason why it's tough for black women just in general, whether they're Christian or not, to find a man to marry, a black man to marry, is because most black men are either dead or incarcerated. So what I'm pitching to you is that have you, A, noticed? Have you heard conversations? And on the show, we talk about something called the rumble in the pews. So um, generally, people say the word on the street. It's kind of like things that they've heard other people say. So for the Christian community, we talk about the rumble in the pews. So have you heard any rumble in the pews at all about either it being easier for other nationalities to connect with Christian men? Or have you heard maybe in conversations with like with women myself, like black or another ethnicity saying how tough it is? Like, what is your perspective on this? This is a really good question because I hadn't really thought about that before until this question, um, because just coming from uh, the area of Toronto mm-hmm. and um, seeing a lot of interracial um, couples, uh, I didn't really think about this in super, you know, in depth. But um, now that you brought it up, I, I do. I, there has been different things that I've heard. I know of a friend who has a friend who is Jewish, and um, she really struggled to find someone that was of like faith for her. And so I find that, yes, in different areas, there are difficulties. I also um, have a friend, and he found it difficult um, to find a, not necessarily the same um, type of ethnicity, but someone that would speak the same language uh, as he as him and actually his parents. Um, and so he found that kind of difficult um, because that was important to him as well. So there's little things, um, whether it's religion or ethnicity, that play a part that I guess really there are different difficulties that people face and challenges. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think one of the biggest things I want people to hear from you, Sarah, is that this is not, this epidemic, this challenge is not just one race or one community or one ethnicity this is across the board for all of us so in layman terms we're all struggling Mm -hmm. which is really sad to say to be honest i had a lot of hope when i look at other communities i'm like oh they don't have the same struggle Mm -hmm. as us they're so lucky they have more um options whereas i feel as a black woman i don't so Mm -hmm. but at the same time i think it's important for everybody to understand this journey this epidemic this struggle is not you know it's not biased it's not picky it's getting all of us women right so we got to pray for each other we got to be with each other Mm -hmm. you know we can't discriminate against each other we are all in it together okay so we're gonna go to another topic that's a little more interesting um online dating (laughs) so again i'm going to um pitch the survey because there are questions about online dating Because, you know, online dating is something that has come up, I would say, definitely last 10 years, maybe Mm -hmm. 15. I know when I first heard about online dating, I was just like, oh, no, that is definitely not something that God would want me to do. God wants me to have faith and wait for him to bring (laughs) me something. Um, Fast forward now, we're in 2019. Mm -hmm. You know, we're both hearing about people who have met and married someone that they've met online. So Sarah... Would you mind telling us about your online experience? And um, I don't know if you're willing to talk about the exact sites that you've tried, but whatever you'd like to speak about your online experience, please share. Mm-hmm. So online dating, um, it, I was very opposed to at first too. 
Um, but it definitely seems to be the way of the future and a, um, a good place to find and connect with other believers, um, much easier than nowadays organically. Um, I do definitely have quite a few friends now that have met and married, um, and probably at least five different couples I know. And um, so I have tried one online uh, site, Christian Mingle. I think I was on it for maybe a year. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if it was longer or not, but um, for me, I had a hard time with it just for the fact that in the back of my head, I just, I guess my desire is just to meet someone organically. Okay. So I know if you're online, you have to put 110% effort out. It's not just an easy breezy thing. You have to check your messages. You have to reply. You have to be really on it. And um, that was something that I, I wasn't. So I did connect with a couple of different people talked to them for a while but um, most of them lived pretty far away so um, just realistically it didn't pan out I'm no longer on it but I have <laughs> thought about getting back on other sites I think you're right like the ideal is that you are supposed to really be in it 110 um, percent I think one of the difficulties that I experienced I don't know if you experienced this as well is that when I went online there were a lot of men who are identifying as Christian. And then when we would speak and have more conversation, things would come out that would not be reflective of a Christian gentlemen. Like an example is a man that I met and he had said, oh yeah, you know, I'm a Christian. I pray every day. Later into the um, relationship, he said, oh, I only go to church when my mom is in town. So, and what I had mentioned the first episode is that we're not trying to judge, but mm -hmm. different people are in different stages right. in their Christian walk. So essentially, when we're talking about finding godly counterparts, we're not only saying we're looking for a Christian man or a godly man, we're looking for someone who is at the same, same place spiritually, like on the same spiritual path mm -hmm. as us. So, and what I learned, especially from online dating is that that's different for yeah. different people. So mm -hmm. essentially, um, a man identifying as Christian meant one thing, but finding a man who's on the same spiritual path was something different. Mm -hmm. Did you experience that at all? I did. I think, um, that's one thing that you can kind of, um, quickly kind of blow over a little bit mm. until you actually do talk to them a little bit more in depth. Um, definitely the whole um, just going to church every once in a while where it's not really a part of your full um, faith journey or also just different, um, maybe different belief systems that you might not necessarily agree with or even different um, stages of uh, spiritual growth. I know there's a couple of um, different people that were new Christians and I really admire that and I feel like they bring a lot to the table as far as um, passion mm. um, for Jesus. But also, I want someone who's very strong and um, firm in their faith mm. as a leader. Yeah, that makes total sense. So let's go on to another question. What would you tell your 16-year-old self about waiting or Christian dating? So um, I would tell this to myself and I wish I would have known or had someone even just tell me this, even just even in university, um, just to really put myself out there, not um, throw myself at people, but give people um, more opportunities and, and get to know people. Okay, Sarah, so what we're going to do now is we're going to jump into the misconceptions about Christian women 
This is info that has come to my attention along my personal journey. Again, the rumble in the pews, what I've heard Christian men feel about Christian women. So Christian men think that we Christian women are picky, that we must have many things on the list. And that's the reason why we are not married, because we have this list of 100 things that we expect a Christian man to be. And because the man fits 99 and not that one, then they're off the table. I I think I could definitely agree that some people are like that. Okay. Um, but I think that for us, and I'm just speaking as a whole, I think really what it comes down to is we just want a godly man who will be a leader, but not just with words, more with actions. And I think that sometimes that's really hard to find. And uh, I don't know it, if that's just something that maybe men feel pressured um, into or if that's that they feel like they can't step up to that or maybe that we judge them too harshly in that area. Yeah. Um, but uh, my list is pretty small. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too, actually. And I think what you're saying is not that we're picky. Mm-hmm. And even if someone were to say that we are picky, I think it's about the right things. Right. Like you said, a godly man. We're not Mm -hmm. asking for a man who makes six figures. Right. That is A, somewhat unrealistic, and B, not godly anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you are being firm or being strict about certain things, it's the things of God. Right. Which is only fair if we're going to call ourselves Christians, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another misconception is that Christian women have an attitude. They think that men think we're sassy or that we're difficult to approach. What do you think about that? I don't know about sassy. I think maybe um, for the people that maybe have been single for a while, there might be a different kind of confidence where they've learned um, who they are and um, they're proud of who they are. And so maybe that comes across maybe... um, little bit overwhelming okay. and hard to uh, just to be able to come up to uh, people like that. But definitely not sassy, but probably more confident. I think if you've been single for a while, you know yourself pretty well mm-hmm. and you know what you like and what you don't like. And yeah, um, yeah that can maybe be intimidating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I actually also kind of gave a little bit of a defense and I said, <laughs> I personally would not describe myself as sassy and I'm not just saying that to be boastful or whatever I'm not judging anyone who does identify mm-hmm. as sassy I was saying that if Christian men did um, come across a woman they thought she had an attitude and I was saying well we've been waiting for a long time mm-hmm. and we're a little frustrated <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you know that can kind of be a part of that attitude he's getting not justifying it but I'm just right. putting it out there mm-hmm. okay I'm just putting it out there um, another misconception that I heard is that Christian women are not fun. We're do, we're too churchy and it comes across as being legalistic. So as you mentioned before, maybe the men feel a pressure to reach a certain standard in terms of, you know, we got to just pray. We have to read the Bible 10 times a day, you know, Bible study in the morning, afternoon and night. <laughs> you can't go to the movies. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? Um, I think... Yes, I think that sometimes uh, some some people, some Christian single women, um, probably maybe would come across that way. But I think in, in the churches nowadays, I think that you will definitely see Christian single women that uh, are involved in a variety of different things that really like to get out there and, 
and just really um, experience a lot of different um, activities. Uh, so I really think that that maybe was a thing more of the past, but I think now in today's age, especially um, just single women in general that have been single for a while, um, we like to try to get out there and try new things. Of um, those are those are it's a time to do that right like now you're not you don't have different responsibilities so now's the time to actually get to experience things that you might not get to if you were you know married or you know you have a little bit more leeway and freedom in those areas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and the last one is that christian women like christian men think that christian women are mega desperate that we come off really hungry if they're having a conversation with us they feel a level of pressure because they think that we're looking at them as you must be my husband. And to be honest, there are a ton of Christian jokes about this. So um, give me your opinion on this one. Um, I think that's true. I think that there are some women out there that show their desperation. Um, and so because the ratio of women to men is very slim. Mm-hmm. So when there is a new guy or whatnot, there are some people that will just go full force to connect with them. And uh, while the other single women just sit back and watch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm one of the ones that sit back and watch, but Mm -hmm. I did admit on episode one that I have been there. You know, the thirst game with me was real at a point Mm -hmm. because when you're single for so long and when you have so much hope, sometimes you just feel like it's never going to happen. And again, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think there's a lot of people who know what it's like to be going on, you know, possibly decades Mm -hmm. and having no connection at all. And all you're doing is waiting Mm -hmm. and praying. So Mm -hmm. I am, uh, I will admit I am a member. I was a member of the thirst club, (laughs) you know, but you know, I've learned now, I've matured. And I would not mess with her. I'd be like, you first. (laughs) You know, I am going to be real. I'm going to put it out there. Like I've had many times where I saw that guy and even in my quietness, I was just like, Oh God, you know, I really hope Mm -hmm. he's the one. Or if that guy talked to me, wow. It was like, Lord, he's here. (laughs) So excited. But yeah, I've learned better now. Yeah. It's true. I remember having this conversation with some friends um, just years after the fact. Um, there was one guy at a church that I went to previously. And um, after I talked to a few people um, years later, it seemed each one of us really liked him really? at the time. And I didn't realize that other people liked him. But yeah, there was a, quite a few people that were vying for his attention. And he married somebody else. So he didn't pick <laughs> anybody in your group? He, not well, there was someone in our group. I'm not super close to her, but okay. yeah, he did pick someone from the church. Okay. He had some choices. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's just so interesting to be able to look back on now. Mm-hmm, you know what right. I mean? And I think that just encapsulates the whole idea of the struggle mm-hmm. that there's this one guy and there's so many women, even mm-hmm. women who are connected that are having the same thoughts about right. him. And I think that guys out there, as to the reason why they think we're me- mega desperate that they realize this because again i've heard it from a man say you know say things and it was really uncomfortable and i think that's why i kind of pulled back you know Mm -hmm. i really had to like you know talk to myself and pray about it and just say you know what like if the man is for me 
he will approach me. Right. He will, you know, not to have these thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I think I really had to just surrender my thoughts yeah. because that is what was the beginning of the thirst mm-hmm. because it would always be seeing the guy and then thinking about it. And then you're envisioning the wedding and you're envisioning right. the kids and you're mm-hmm. changing your last name and right. you're practicing. And that's just, that will just lead you yes. to somewhere that you don't need to mm-hmm. be in a very unhealthy place. Right. I think the mind is our biggest enemy, right? Yep. We not only tear ourselves down with it, and, mm-hmm. you know, in whatever relation stage we're in, but also, yeah, to go, you know, and just envision different things that are not necessarily for us in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before we end off, we also talked about some struggles of Christian women and dating. So there's a couple I just want to pitch to you, Sarah, just to get your input. This one, women can't pursue men because it's looked down upon. So we have to wait for them to approach us. And some men are shy or they're scared or intimidated, as you mentioned before. And if you go to the same church as a guy and you're rejected, it's kind of awkward and weird. So that's kind of like a stumbling block in Mm. Christian women and our waiting for the journey is that we ourselves can't approach the guy. Society tells us that we have to wait for them to approach Mm -hmm. us. Like, you know, kind of like, you know, the older back in the day. And if we do approach a man, we are out of line. So what do you think about that? Uh, I think that's so different because I went to a Christian school, a Christian university, and um, I found that most of the couples um, that I witnessed, uh, just their relationship develop, the girl actually pursued the guy. Oh, wow. So I just am, sometimes I'm like, where are those guys that actually pursue women? Like, where are they at? And, <laughs> and what do they prefer? Do they prefer to be pursued? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know that must be flattering. Or do they want to be the one that's pursuing? Yeah. Like that's always a question that I have just watching different like relationships develop because I have seen so many people um, connect because the girl made the first move. Hmm. That's -hmm. very interesting. I've heard like maybe one or two people that that was their story where Mm -hmm. they, the woman approached the men and now they're happily married. Mm -hmm. Um, My experience, I don't know if it's a younger to older thing is that that is something definitely like no. no. <laughs> so, and it's more, I've heard a Christian man say out loud that Christian women need to guard their hearts in terms of, you know, us falling back and waiting for men to approach us. Mm-hmm. So I've, you know, I've heard the more of like, that is something you just don't do. And especially when I heard men say it, mm-hmm. um, I was like, okay, I'm going to take note. This is what they're saying. Right. And then on the other hand, hearing your experience, mm-hmm where women have had success in that, it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. I think, you know, also age brackets probably um, definitely have uh, contribute to that too. So I see, think that when you're older, maybe that does seem more desperate and intimidating. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, I'm one of those people that I would prefer to be pursued. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily make the first move unless it was kind of just natural and yeah. organic and, you know, just happened like that. But, um, yeah, I guess as you get older, people, if you are like a, you know, go-getter and you're just going to get your man, that could be really <laughs> overwhelming for the men. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the biggest problem with that that I found is that for a woman – she can walk into a church, she can see a man, and she'll 
be like, oh, you know, I like him. I'm considering him. I'm praying about him. But because she, according to society or Christian society, she can't approach him. She has to keep these feelings Mm -hmm. in her heart for a long time. And then maybe she'll have these feelings for like a year. And then after the year, she gets so frustrated. She says, you know what? I'm just going to tell him because I can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. She tells him and then he rejects her. So she has a year's worth of feelings to get over. Mm -hmm. Whereas the men, the man can walk into a church, see a woman, say, oh, I like her, pray about it for a week. And because society will support him approaching her, he can approach her. She'll say no. And he has a week of feelings to get over. Mm -hmm. And he can just move on to the next. The girl, the woman who's been waiting for one year Mm -hmm. has a tougher time moving on than the man who has waited for one week. Right. Because she's invested more emotional, you know, attachment into that. And I don't think there's a right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it really depends on the person, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Another one is that we talked about Christian men thinking that Christian women are picky. But a lot of Christian women see it the opposite way. That Christian men are picky. That their standards are really high. Too high. And the reason why is because they have so many options. They have the liberty to be, mm-hmm. you know, mad picky because, right. you know, they can walk into a store and see 200 apples and they can take their time and pick the best one. Right. So what do you think about that? I think that's so true. Mm-hmm. I, I have seen and um, heard of different guys that are, you know, from church and they have dated most of the single women oh. <laughs> because they could, right? Yeah. They, they can. And Absolutely. the women are looking for someone that's involved in church and, and appears to be godly. And so they're, you know, excited and, yeah. you know, open to that, to being, you know, pursued by that, that person. But yeah, guys are, have it a little bit easier because mm-hmm. they do have a lot more options. Yeah. So they can be picky, which is funny when it turns, you know, when you turn the table and us being picky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Sarah, we just wanted to say thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. Um, one thing I've always noted is that it's such a blessing to have a Christian sister mm-hmm. to journey with. And I really just appreciate journeying with you and, again, you sharing your experience. Thank you so much for having me on, Tavia. I think that this is going to be such a powerful impact on other single women. And I think that it's just long overdue that someone's taking this on to be that voice. And I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Um, women who are out there as well who are on this journey, I think one of the best and blessed things that could ever happen to you is to connect with another Christian sister Mm -hmm. who can support you and support can look in so many different ways Mm -hmm. um through prayer through being in a bible group together and even just by hanging out like sometimes Mm -hmm. and Sarah if you can agree it can be really lonely Mm -hmm. and if no one else is connecting with you having that Christian sister that's going through that same thing she can really understand and you know Let's go out for a coffee. Let's go for a bike ride. Let's let's pray about this. You mm-hmm. know, I understand your struggles. So again, thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing your journey. This is another example of the plight Christian women have in dating. So what I'd like to know out there, is there any other Christian women who've had a similar experience to Sarah? Is there anything that she mentioned that touched you or you connected with? Or if you had a different experience, um, please let us know. Again, follow us on Instagram women that way and what about the men is there anything that sarah said or i said or anything that came up on the show that resonated with you or that you disagree with 
Again, we are here. We're not judging anybody. We just want to create a platform for a discussion. So please, you know, make a comment, message us, like us, follow us, respond back. Any communication would be great. So before I go, I just wanted to leave you with one verse for any woman who's been struggling with this topic, especially loneliness, rejection, feeling overlooked, among other things that you can go through. Okay, so I'm reading from Proverbs 31, verse 30, and this is the NIV version. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please join us again next time when we'll have another special guest discussing their journey as a single Christian trying to look for a soulmate and the struggles that they've encountered. This is Women That Wait. Thank you very much for listening.